What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the tapes, season two, episode four. Today we have Tragedy Gaddafi and Master Ace. Both of these artists had their debut albums out in 1990. Tragedy Gaddafi's was out first, so we'll start with him. Birth name, Percy Chapman, also known as MC Jade. Percy Chapman, MC Percy, Percy Tragedy, Intelligent Hoodlum, Tragedy, and Nafal Mahdi. So, a couple of AKAs there for Tragedy Gaddafi. Born August 13th, 1971. Origins, Queens, New York City, United States, genres, hip-hop, and years active are listed as 1985 to present. I'll say the same thing about him as I say about most other people that we've been covering for the past, you know, what is it, 10 years or so now uh, through these times is that I don't know of them having any recent albums or, or anything like that, but I'm sure they're involved in other ways and stuff like that and quite possibly might have something coming in the in the future so a little bit of background on tragedy Gaddafi. percy chapman born august 13th 1971 known by his stage name tragedy Gaddafi, formerly intelligent hoodlum is an american rapper and record producer chapman hails from the queensbridge housing projects in queens new york city who helped spawn other hip-hop artists such as Mob Deep, Capone and Noriega, Nas, and many others both through production and influence. His name is a reference to the former leader of Libya, Muammar Gaddafi. He was the first in the Queensbridge projects to create intelligent street music and is documented to be the first to use the phrase Illmatic in 1988 on a record called The Rebel, from the Molly Mall album, In Control Volume 1, which was a huge inspiration and influence to rapper Nas. Now, interestingly enough, I didn't know most of that stuff. I had heard Tragedy Gaddafi's name, but didn't know most of the things that I just told you. And that is a solid influence to fellow Queensbridge native Nas. But other than that, you're not going to see too, too much on that scale from Tragedy Gaddafi. So before I give too much of that away, let's just get into what I wrote down about Tragedy Gaddafi and then we'll get into the math of everything. Personally, I had heard of Trage before starting this, but mainly because of Wu-Tang and Cormega. I had never sat down and actually listened to a Tragedy Gaddafi album. Lyrically, he had some very deep and meaningful, intelligent lines, but he took a lot of shortcuts and had his fair share of weak ones also. One thing that really irked me about him lyrically was his consistent habit of rhyming three bars then going into a different scheme. This would sometimes cause the whole flow of the verse to be off and then a repeated bar or another three-bar sentence to be completed in order to be back on track. Overall, however, he finished above average lyrically. Tragedy Gaddafi dropped 10 qualifying albums over his 24-year career. Eight solo, one with the group Black Market Militia, and one with Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks. Nine of those 10 albums were good albums and one was average. Of the 124 songs he released, he didn't have any great or weak songs, but he did have 12 good ones. 
Tragedy Gaddafi's impact on the hip-hop game certainly wasn't a huge one, but he did have noticeable influences on artists such as The Locks, Big L, LL Cool J, DMX, Cormega, Nas, and others. As far as originality is concerned, early on in his career, although he sampled a lot, his lyrics, song style, and subject matter were pretty original. As he seemed to deviate from the alias Intelligent Hoodlum, so did his original style for the most part. He still continued to make meaningful music and didn't conform to the mainstream or sell out for album sales, but his entire style and approach had taken a drastic turn. So now getting into the math of all that, lyrics he gets a 6, like I said, finished above average lyrically overall. Albums he gets a 3.70 with 0 classics. Songs he gets a 0, like we said, no great songs, no weak songs. Impact he gets a 5.5. Now... This is one of those things where you you take again you take everything into consideration. He's certainly not a household name. He you know he didn't break any records with record sales or awards won or any of these crazy type of things. Um, you know didn't pave the way for any you know an entire subgenre of music or create a new style or anything like that. You know had some some influences on some artists like. You know, that we named like the Locks, Big L, Cool J, DMX, Cormega, Nas, and a couple of others, and even maybe a couple of people that were named when we read the background on Tragedy Gaddafi and stuff like that. So it's not that his impact wasn't there, it was there, it was above average, but just slightly, because when you when you take away the impact on the handful, or maybe even if you want to extend it and say two handfuls of, of artists that he really clearly had an impact on. There really wasn't much else there. So I do think that having a direct impact on certain artists, especially, you know, those are some big artists in those names. The the impact was there. He did do something above average. I think that that, that carries him to above average, but I don't think he goes anywhere really above that just with all the other factors taken into consideration. And then originality, he gets a five, which is average and that was kind of split because you know it was another tricky one where you had in the beginning he went by intelligent hoodlum and almost everything about him at that point was original aside from the fact that he sampled a lot now if you're very original and you sample a lot yes that's going to be noted but sampling someone is a bit different than you know, kind of biting someone or taking a line or taking an idea, things like that. So there's different levels of influencing and being influenced. And sampling is a great way to, to be sampled is a, is a great way to have your impact score be high. Slick Rick is a perfect example. I believe he's the most sampled hip hop artist of all time. And now I'm not saying that that's the only reason why Slick Rick got a very high score in, in uh, Impact, but it, it certainly contributes to it. So being sampled is obviously a great way for somebody to pay tribute to either something you said or just your career in total. But it doesn't really mean that you're not being original because you could be using those samples and making you know original songs or have an original style or an original delivery or an original message there's a lot of ways that you could go about this but in the beginning he was very very original he just sampled a lot and then after that again like i said it's not that he sold out or anything like that to go like mainstream and and sell more records and things like that but 
His entire style and approach did really do like almost a 180. And this is not the same example as we had last week with a Lin Q or somebody like that where there's only two albums and they're 17 years apart. I mean, is it really even possible for the subject matter to be the same at that point? Probably not. This was not the case with Tragedy Gaddafi. This was more of a thing where he was one way, changed his name, and became another way. Kind of a little bit more black and white, not the snap of a finger than that. So I felt he was average as far as originality was concerned. I wouldn't say that he was unoriginal, but I certainly wouldn't say that he was super original. You add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and you get a final rating of 4.04, which leaves Tragedy Gaddafi in 90th place of 127 artists done. Now, I want you to remember a couple of things. Number one, we spoke last week about how I think Lin Q had a four or four and a half in impact and stuff like that. And I spoke about how Getting a score like that in a certain category is very hard to overcome. Now, you have a guy here who's above average lyrically, gets a six lyrically. So, you know, not even just a five and a half, but a six. So you got a guy that gets a six lyrically and winds up finishing in 90th of 127 artists done, which doesn't sound very good. And... You know, you have these other mediocre scores, originality five, impact five and a half. These are relatively, not low scores, but like I said, when you're getting five or, or less in things, I'm not saying you can't do good, but there's there's a gap to be made up. You got to look at, I would say, seven and a half as really being a cutting point in each one of these categories to where if you really want to finish anywhere high, you're going to have to be putting up seven, seven and a half in some categories. And the ones that you don't are going to have to be made up for. So while six is, is a great score lyrically, it's above average. It's not enough to make up for the five and a half and the five. So remember that when you hear these numbers of where these guys are finishing to not get stuck on something that seems to be terrible when it's not. Remember the guys that we list each week at the top and ask yourself who should be replaced. So you say Tragedy Gaddafi in 90th place or, you know, even the next guy we do and where he finishes. And I challenge you, go over the top, you know, eight or ten guys that we go over every week and tell me who deserves to be kicked out of there. And then we can go over their individual numbers and you can tell me which ones you disagree with because... I disagree a lot of times with where some of these guys finish. It bothers me. I have some really dope guys that, that I really enjoyed and I really would have liked to have seen them finish a lot higher that didn't finish very high because quite frankly, you know, the math is what it is. So I, I feel you on certain things. I do. I, it sounds really bad sometimes when you say certain things in 90th of 127 artists done. The fuck out of here. I get it because I, I had the reaction myself when I added up some people's numbers. But like I said, it is what it is and it's not about what I like or dislike or where I want people to finish or anything like that. So just keep in mind that not everybody can be in that top. There, there's People have to be separated by something. I remember an episode on uh, Joe Budden's podcast where basically they were trying to name their top 50, essentially. And... I, I would say easily 200 names got named. 
it's incredibly difficult to put some of these guys where they finish. You know, like, when you say a certain name, it's just an automatic thing to you off the top of the head. Like, oh, you know, so-and-so, where, where do you put them? Uh, they they, they got to be top 50, right? But then you say they got to be top 50 for 200 people, and it, that just doesn't work like that. They can't all be top 50. And for every time that someone ties in my in my study here, you know, if you have three people tied for 15th place, then obviously the next guy that finishes under them is in 18th. You can't just tie, you know, all these people in 50th place. You know, to me, it just doesn't work like that. So, again, just bear with me. I understand that some of these finishes sound really harsh or, or really ridiculous. And, again, keep in mind, none of these numbers are set in stone. Any of these numbers could change at any time. There's plenty of other people to do. Who knows how many people finish in front of or behind these people. You know, we can only make assumptions and average things out and stuff like that. But, you know, like I said... Not everybody can be top 50. So somebody's got to finish. You know, even you think about it. Even that bottom 100 when this is all said and done. Let's say we have 500 people when this is all said and done. And you talk about that bottom 100. 100 people is a lot of people, man. Like there's going to have to be, there's going to be a lot of names in that bottom 100 that you guys probably would, wouldn't think this guy is not in the top 400 rappers. If I said name 400 rappers, I guarantee you nobody could even do it off the top of their head. So for me to sit here and say, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, let's say somebody like Warren G or uh, Pete Rock or Master P or, or somebody like that where it's just a name that you know and I turn around and say to you, hey, they're not even in the top 400, man. It sounds insane. Like, what do you mean they're not in the top 400? There's not even 400 fucking rappers. There is. There is well over a thousand that I can clearly find um, some sort of info on. I'm not talking about every person in their house that raps because there's probably millions of people that rap. But I'm talking about accomplished people that have accolades in some way, shape, or form. Um... There is this many people and not everybody can be in that top 50 in that top 100. So, I mean, this is what the math is telling us and this is where people are finishing. That being said, on to Master Ace. Birth name, Duval Claire, also known as Ace One. Born December 4th, 1966. Origins, Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York, United States. Genres, hip-hop. Years active, listed as 1988 to present and... I don't remember exactly what year his, his last album was out, but it wasn't too long ago. It was definitely within the past couple of years, so Master Ace definitely still is active for sure. That is a warranted present rating there. A um, little bit of background on Master Ace. Duval Clare, born December 4th, 1966. Known better by his stage name, Master Ace is an American rapper and record producer from Brownsville, Brooklyn. He appeared on the classic 1988 Juice Crew Posse Cut, The Symphony. He is noted for his distinct voice and rapping proficiency and has influenced several MCs. In 2000, he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, but he did not reveal it to the public until 2013 after first revealing his condition to his touring peers when his medicine syringes and vials were exposed after a police stop in the Czech Republic as the group's belongings were searched and exposed. 
I deem that to be important to leave in there for a couple of reasons. Number one, I definitely, while I don't want to stray too far from hip-hop, I definitely do want it to be understood that all of these artists are, are humans, these are people, these are, are people that are devoting their time and their life and their energy into making these songs that we listen to and, you know, sometimes we don't even give much thought to and we just enjoy these things and we take, you know, probably take for granted that we just have these things readily available to listen to and that's because of these people and stuff like that. I also deem it relevant because if anybody that knows Master Ace knows that he made a song recently with Pharaoh Monch called Fight Song that is actually about him having multiple sclerosis and not only do I not know anybody that's ever made a song about multiple sclerosis or or anything like that, but the fashion that he did it in was super artistic, super dope. It was killed by both of them, both the video and the song, the subject matter, the artistry, the way it was done. So I just want to give Master Ace a shout out for not only living through something and dealing with something that's obviously super tough, but for having the mental toughness and the artistry to sit down and to make a, a visual and a story about something that's literally killing him from the inside out, I have the utmost respect for his courage and his bravery and his artistry and stuff like that. So major shout out to him for that for sure. And those are really the reasons why I deem that important enough to leave in his description. And I wish him nothing but the best of luck with that going forward, obviously, for sure. So let's get into what I wrote down about Master Ace when I was listening to him. Master Ace was slightly above average lyrically until after Eminem came out. Then his entire style switched up, but he was certainly good at it. He was great with never seeming to take shortcuts with bars and always rhyming many syllables reminiscent to Vinnie Paz's style of rhyming. He also showed a tremendous ability to keep topic and use different rhyme schemes from the norms such as A-A-B-B-B-A, which is both difficult and unique. He did only drop six solo albums, but he also had a collaboration album with Ed O.G. Of the seven total albums, only one was average, one was good, and four were great, with one being a borderline classic. He dropped 95 songs, with 10 of them being great, and not a single one was weak, and another 31 were good. One of the areas he self-admittedly struggled with was his impact on the hip-hop game, with no visible impacts on anyone other than Eminem, if you count that, although a lot of big names have publicly vocalized his influence on them. I'm a personal believer that he is very underrated, but when you sound like someone else who's already out, and he is one of the best, the limelight will probably lean their way, I guess. At first, Master Ace didn't seem to follow any trends and had his own approach. Then around the same time Eminem came out, he started to flow, deliver, and say almost the exact same things. He even said in the grind, they expect me to spit and sound like him. Only they know the real truth, but what I do know is, Master Ace certainly does deserve credit for his artistic ability. He did have a lot of songs that were very original topics like Soda and Soap, A's and E's, Fight Song, and many more. So just to touch a little bit on the Eminem Master Ace situation, for anybody that doesn't know at all what I'm talking about, there was a lot of talk at certain points in times about 
Eminem sounding like Master Ace, or Master Ace sounding like Eminem, and this and that, and Master Ace was out before Eminem, which is true, obviously, you know, we're at 1990 here, we, we haven't covered Eminem, Eminem's debut album doesn't drop for another six years from now, but that furthers my point even of why I believe what I believe, so through the first six years or so of Master Ace, he doesn't sound like Eminem. But then after Eminem comes out, he does. Does that mean that he copied Eminem's style or sound? No, not at all. It doesn't. And quite frankly, it could be a scenario where he kind of played with his sound and, and switched it a little bit. And that was around when Eminem came out and Eminem kind of took it and ran with it. Very possible. I don't really know exactly what happened. It could also, again, be a coincidence where they just happened to have a similar style or delivery or whatever word you would like to use for it. I find that probably unlikely, but it is possible. But another interesting little tidbit about this is that Eminem himself has vocalized on more than one occasion that Master Ace is a big inspiration and a big influence for him. So I don't think it's a scenario like we had last week where we had the K-Solo and DMX situation where they don't like each other and one is saying, he took my style, and the other one's saying, fuck that, he took my style, he took it from me. We don't have that here at all. We don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't see Eminem accusing Master Ace of biting from him, and I, I don't really see Master Ace accusing Eminem of biting from him, and I don't see Eminem denying that he was influenced greatly by Master Ace, so I do think that it is noteworthy to say that Master Ace did influence Eminem, but as far as the delivery and the, the the sound and the stuff like that, Eminem was the first one to lay records down like that, is all I know. From an objective standpoint, the outside looking in, seeing what I saw, Eminem was the first one to rap like that. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it doesn't look great from somebody who's on the outside looking in and is trying to piece together a puzzle that there's pieces missing, obviously. So getting into the math of what I wrote, lyrics, he gets a seven and a half. Albums, he gets a 4.95 with zero classics, but we spoke about he did have that one borderline classic. That's a scenario where you could have had him finish maybe a 0.1 or a 0.05 or so higher. Had he gotten that extra point for the classic album, he was right there. Um, I'm really pulling for Master Ace, man. I, you know, I hope he comes out with another album. I'm pulling for him both in his life and and musically. Um, I hope he comes out with another album, and I I do think that he is definitely very capable of making a classic album. You could make the argument that at least one of those albums was a classic album. Again, it wouldn't dramatically affect his score, so it's not like you know if I put him in 40th place, you're gonna have him in second place because of a, you know, a 0.1 or a 0.2 difference on an album discrepancy. So let's not blow things out of proportion here. But, you know, I wouldn't argue with somebody saying that he had a classic album. I'll put it to you like that. Songs, he gets a plus 1.1, which if you've been following along for a while now, you know that plus any number before a decimal place in this category is big. Or even, you know, even minus a number that's before a decimal place is definitely big in this category. You got some people that are minus 0.03 or plus 0.07 and things like that. So 
to be plus 1.1 is really solid. We spoke about like 100 songs or whatever it was, right around that 100 song mark and not a single weak song and a, a bunch of great songs. I, I think about 10% of his songs were great songs, which is, it's really a solid ratio, especially that I'm not giving these numbers out generously or easily. So people that are, just, just understand that. People that are getting great songs and people that are getting classic albums and stuff like that, they really, really earned it for sure because I'm not giving either of those things out easily. Impact, he gets a four and a half. This is a similar scenario that we have with Tragedy Gaddafi where you're not seeing a whole lot there as far as like record sales or awards won or you know, and bring in an entire new genre here to, to hip hop or, or a subgenre or whatever way you want to put it. Um, things like that. You're not seeing any of these major, major things done. And as far as influencing actual artists, sure. They both definitely had influences on other hip hop artists that other hip hop artists have openly vocalized for sure and and that's why their scores are not lower and are not threes or or things like that they they did have some accolades they did have some accomplishments for sure but there really wasn't any other artists that musically showed that they were influenced by master ace or really took like lines or or sampled him or uh took his beats or anything like that now i'm not saying there wasn't any I still have about 350 artists to get through. So again, the numbers are not concrete. They could change. But where we stand right now, there wasn't any uh, anyone other than Eminem. And, you know, there was some people that, like I said, they did vocalize it, but they didn't really take anything from him. So you take all those factors into consideration and he gets a four and a half, which is just below average. Originality, he gets a six. Now... This score could go higher, for sure. I think I, I, he's really right on the cusp of a six and a half. And this is one of those things where I believe that if Master Ace was to come out with another album, I believe that probably all of his scores could go up because he is right on the cusp here with a lot of things. I think that he's very capable of making it a classic album. In order to make it a classic album, his lyrical score would probably get raised because he would have to, you know, really, really come correct, which I believe that he probably would do and is very capable of doing. So I could see that lyric score going to an eight. I could see the album score getting raised slightly. I could see there being a classic, which gives him an extra point. I could see the song score being raised slightly. I could see the impact going to a five just based on, you know, the amount of years involved in the game and the amount of material put out and Let's say something he says on there influences somebody else and gets another name in there besides Eminem. I could see the originality being raised to a six and a half because he was a, a relatively original artist, especially with the song topics and things like that. So I think that these scores as of right now in the study are, are warranted, but I think they're all very close to going up and I'm pulling for Master Ace, like I said. So I hope he drops another album and I think that you will see at least half of these scores raised up and you will probably see him moved up higher. But given what they are right now, you add those five numbers up and you divide by five, you get a final score of 4.81, which leaves Master Ace in 28th place of 127 artists done overall. So 
Big shout out to Master Ace, man, for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I think Master Ace will, will probably wind up being in that top 100 overall, which I, I think is definitely warranted. Again, it doesn't sound that amazing or top 100. Okay, cool. But, you know, we're talking about a thousand relatively well-known people here. So to be in that top 100, I do think is, is a great accomplishment. It's a great feat. And, uh, I take my hat off to him for multiple reasons. Like I said, much respect as a person for going through what he's going through and having the bravery and artistry to turn around and, and make something out of this terrible situation that he's in. Um, you know, his, his lyrical ability was, was amazing. He was a great lyricist. So I, I give him all the credit in the world for that. A lot of original song ideas, longevity in the game, you know, not an overabundance of material, but material consistently over a long period of time. And I hope for more of it. So yeah, just big shout out to Master Ace for sure. I really knew nothing of Master Ace going into this. I had heard the name. I, I probably had maybe heard one song, if any. Um, and I'm a definite huge Master Ace fan after studying Master Ace for more reasons than one. It's big shout out to him, man. Now, let's talk about the list that we go over every week. We are in our top 15%. For the 90s, our top 15% overall for the 90s. And we're going to stick with that for the rest of the 90s. This list, again, stays the same today. So we'll run through it really quickly again. And our top slot is KRS-One, who's in 6th place of 127 artists done overall. Behind him, we have Slick Rick, who's in 8th place of 127 artists done. Directly behind him in 9th, we have Rakim. Behind Rakim, we have Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 12th place of 127 artists done. Directly behind him in 13th is LL Cool J, and directly behind him in 14th is Everlast. Behind Everlast, we have Will Smith, who's in 16th place of 127 artists done. And then behind Will Smith, we have DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube tied for 19th place of 127 artists done overall. Once again, I'd like to express a big shout out to everybody that's in that top 15%. And quite frankly, I should say still, because with the exception of Everlast, we've had a lot of these guys that are in this top 15% hanging on to this top 15% for a long time now. We are smack in the middle of the golden era of hip hop. We have definitely had some really dope artists covered, not only after a lot of these guys, but even just here in the 90s so far in just a couple of weeks. So again, the fact that a lot of these 80s guys are really still hanging on to, to, to some of these top slots is definitely impressive, and I'm curious to see how long they can do that for. We're going to go over our top 10% lyrically now. This will once again stay a top six today, but this does change this week. This didn't change for a bit. I think the past maybe two or three weeks or so, it does change this week. Now, I told you last week that there would be something big on this episode, and there is. After three calendar years from 1987 to 1990, and we're in an entirely new decade now, Someone finally drives Mr. KRS-One out of the top spot lyrically. Ooh. Which is Master Ace. So obviously, again, big shout out to Master Ace, man. That is a hell of an accomplishment. We are over a decade into this study. 
and we now have a new number one as the best lyrical artist to be covered so far. In our top spot, Master Ace, who gets a score of 7.5 lyrically. He is by himself in the top slot right now. Behind Master Ace, tied for second place, we have KRS-One and Lord Finesse with lyrical scores of 7. And then in a four-way tie for fourth place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, and Everlast, who all get scores of 6.5 lyrically. As always, man, big shout to everybody in that top 10% lyrically. That's my category. And quite frankly, man, Master Ace was, he's up there, man, with the elites, for real. I mean that. He, he's definitely up there with the elite lyricists, for sure. I deem anybody that gets above, you know, anybody that that's getting a seven and a half or above in lyrics is, is an elite lyricist. I don't think that we're going to have... Too, too many people finish with a seven and a half or higher. Um, and I mean, listen, quite frankly, if you get a seven and a half or higher in any category, then, you know, you, you're probably in the top guys in that category. But, you know, I, I deem lyrics to be very important, especially in hip hop. I mean, this is, you know, we talk about hip hop like it's a sport, it's a competition. It's a little bit different than a lot of other music genres where you're really expected to bring your lyrical game or a lot of the people involved in that genre of music or a lot of people that listen to that genre of music may really just throw all your credibility out the window no matter what you do if you don't have bars. Your bars are supposed to be on point. Now, I'm not saying everybody follows this rule and I'm not saying that this is a rule that should be followed. I'm just pointing out how hip-hop is a little bit different than a lot of other music genres and is kind of looked at as more of a sport and a competition. So, man, seven and a half lyrically, Master Ace taking over that top spot. That's a huge accomplishment. And I, I don't know how long he will stay there for, but I don't think that Ma Master Ace will be going anywhere anytime soon. So we'll see how, how long he's able to hang on to that top slot for. Um, starting next week... We're going to start doing a top five of the 80s and a top five of the 90s every week. So the top five of the 80s obviously is never going to change unless somebody's score happens to get changed for whatever reason, whether they come out with something new or, you know, they were allotted more points in a certain area for, um, you know, something that went on over the years or whatever like that. But... You know, I think those five names are, are worthy to be heard every week. I don't think it takes too long for us to say five names. And I think to acknowledge the top five rappers of the 80s uh, from here on out would probably be a good thing to do. These are the guys that paved the way. These are the guys that finished at the very top of their class in their debuting decades and their respective debuting decades and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and I think next week we'll be at about... 10 people covered in the 90s, I believe, at least. So I, I think it's good enough to start doing the top five of the 90s every week. That obviously is going to continue to change as we go along, um, or probably will continue to change as we go along, I would expect and hope. If not, then I'm in, you know, looking forward to a lot of shitty music coming up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll start doing that starting next week. And like I said, we'll, we'll add other lists. They, you know, a top five doesn't take too long. And, you know, we're taking out the, the song breakdowns on every episode and things like that. I think we have a little bit of room to to run over a couple of more names each week. So now that we're getting more more and more people done, we'll, we'll start getting 
a little bit more of these lists in here and stuff like that. And we'll get to see some interesting things at the end of each episode. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full and in writing, you can go give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host site a visit, which is www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host site, you'll see a donate button. Always appreciate anyone's generosity. Thank you very much. And that really concludes this week's episode of Tale of the Tapes, episode four. Next week, we'll be covering Little Nation and Paris. These are not really people that are very well known. I didn't really know of these people before doing this. Um, so I don't assume that a lot of other people are going to know who these guys are, but you also have to understand that a lot of times people think that they don't know who someone is because they don't recognize the name right away, but they actually do know who the person is. They just don't realize it. So a lot of times you say a name and it's, oh, I don't know who that is. I never heard of that person. Yeah. They're in the group. So-and-so. Oh shit. Okay, I didn't know what those guys' names were in that group. So you, you do know the people, you just don't recognize the name. Or it could be a scenario with, um, you know, you say a name and oh, I, don't know, I never heard of that person. Of course you did, bro. They sing blah, blah, blah. And you name a song, like their biggest song, and it's, oh, shit. I didn't even know who fucking sang that song. So, all right, cool. I guess that's him then. Well, that's all I know of him. So I think maybe when we cover these guys, you might be able to... Uh, connect the dots back to certain people that you may have heard them featured on some songs or something like that, but definitely not two of the biggest names. So it'll be interesting to see where these guys finish because we're definitely going to have a lot of people that when I say their names, you're not going to recognize who they are. And then maybe when we cover them, we will, maybe you won't, but it'll be interesting to see how some of these people who you may not know their names may finish somewhere where you wouldn't expect them to. Not only would you not have this person in the top 100, but you didn't even know this person's name. So I think that's interesting to see. And that concludes this week's Tale of the Tapes. I will see you next week. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well.